Yo, what up, everybody? This is Julian Lytle. Welcome to a new episode of Ignorant Bliss. On this episode, I am talking to Joseph Illich, senior editor at Lion Forge for the Catalyst Prime superhero science fiction universe. We cover most of the new stuff. It launched on Free Comic Book Day with the Catalyst Prime number one, the, basically the origin issue for the universe. And then we talk about some of the other books, Noble, Axel, Superb, and Incidentals. This was recorded before San Diego Comic-Con of 2017. It is being released after Comic-Con of San Diego of 2017. I um, hope you enjoy. hope you support the books. Um, check the show notes for links or the post. Wherever you see all the extra text I put in for this. Um, note that I have a, another short form podcast called Quick Hit. It's on iTunes as well, or Apple Podcasts, as I like to call it now, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can get it on the Bumpers app. That link is in there also. And enjoy. Good, you're good. I closed the window. I turned off the fan, so this is a silent. The, the door is closed, so this is as good as it's gonna get. Now, an ice cream truck could always ride by outside, and I, I can't control that. So we'll just consider it part of the soundtrack if it happens. Of course, of course. That New York life. Dude, dude. Jesus Christ. So how are things? Things are okay. Things are all right for the most part on my end. How are things with you? I know you must be. Busy all the time, and um, convention season is really kicking up. Believe it, believe it. The madness begins next month, which is why we had to do this this month. So I really appreciate your patience. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. Glad I was able to to finally get you on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I read everything. I read everything. Oh, damn. All right, all right. So you are definitely armed to fire away. Hit me with whatever questions you like, and I'll roll with it, man. All right, I was writing up some questions before I called you. Okay. So, but I know this is ignorant bliss, so I know you're gonna go off script a bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just gotta, <coughs> you know, have a little bit of structure, but I, I plan to, you know, go off once I hear something. All right, all right. All right. So, I haven't listened to every interview you did or read every single one, but one of my uh, one of my thoughts, especially from talking to you last year and um, hearing everything, um. What are some of your goals and themes that you want to bring about in the world with uh, this new Catalyst Prime universe from Lion Forge? What do you want to add to the the sea of ideas in the marketplace? Basically, I want to show a more accurate world that is as truly diverse as ours, where more people get to have powers, more people get to see themselves as agents of change and get to see themselves in a large narrative and especially in the superhero genre which is now um, more globally impactful than it has ever been due to things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe which has just kind of turned everything around so you now have the DC Cinematic Universe, you have the DC Television Universe, you have other studios trying to create their own large tapestries and comic books have been doing it for years where comic books have been failing is that people who are the other 
um, which is to basically say not white, Caucasian, heterosexual with working limbs are usually marginalized. And I wanted to help Shepard in a universe that was the opposite of that. Okay. All right. Um, I've noticed that, especially within that that setup issue, that is very diverse in, in locales, backgrounds, setups. How was it working with uh, Christopher Priest and the um, artists on on making that issue, on crafting that issue is the first volley for the readers? Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a lot of pressure in a sense because it's funny. That wasn't actually the first book that hit the stands. Noble Number One was actually the first book that came out on the Wednesday which was May 3rd, and then the Saturday was Free Comic Book Day, which was a Catalyst Prime, the event origin. But this is to say that the origin is the origin of the universe. So there was a lot of pressure in that in terms of kicking off a new universe. And so for Priest and I, like working with him was great because I got some insights into how his mind works and in terms of learning things about writing and his writing in particular. And so what we really had to do was accomplish a lot of things in 28 pages and do it in a way where it doesn't seem super densely packed, where we can still give you a sense of who these characters are while giving you a little bit of a tease of the superhero universe that is opening up here. So that really took a lot of work, but we were very happy about what we did. What was also very important to us was not to try to talk down to the audience. We talked straight at the audience, dealing with you know the different locales, certain science things, and in terms of working with the artists, it was great. The illustrators for the book, there were two of them. So there's Marco Torini, who lives in Italy, and then Will Rosato, who lives in New York. And it was interesting for me, as a senior editor, to use their artistic styles in the right places, so that even with two different artists, the reading experience would be basically seamless. And bringing in Will for the climactic finale also represented a shift for a particular character in the book. And so I thought that was really appropriate. Um, the coloring of Jessica Comey brought it all together. Jess is amazing. You know, what she does with palette, what she does with lighting. I'm a big sucker for lighting. Like, as an editor, as someone who is an admirer of artwork... I feel like one of the things that distinguishes conventional coloring from exceptional coloring is lighting. And that's something that Jess has down. And so her palette really brought the whole book together. And so I'm very pleased with how that book came out. I think it was a testament to all of us working together um, for the responsibility of launching a new superhero universe. And I'm really thrilled by the positive responses that we've gotten from fans, journalists, people that I've spoken to on Twitter and Facebook. And so we have a good thing here, and I think people see that. Yeah, I was wondering now. I was wondering since you just explained the, the actual rollout. I only go by, you know, um, like I couldn't get the free comic book day. When it came out, because by the time like I talked to my store, they were already they were already out. Oh man, they were they were done. So um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I didn't. Know, I I probably just went past my head that Noble came out on that Wednesday, and then the Free Comic Day issue came out on Saturday. Did, so I'm guessing no one had any real like issues following along, or um, because I kind of read them in order. Since I had the right. ability to, so it 
the prime issue was easy to flow directly into Noble in terms of the story, in terms of like how it connects it almost like you go from one thing right to the other pretty easy. Um, yes, and no one really had that many issues with, with that. They were able to follow along okay. Um, yeah, you know, well, what the thing is, the two books are so different, right? Because Catalyst Prime, the event, is like a very dense read, and there's a lot of information that you have to take in. Whereas with Noble, Noble was something that... You know, the executive editor of the company, Mark Smiley, he equated it to the intro of a James Bond film where you hit the ground running and you go into the action. And that's what Noble was. It was kind of like, we're dropping you in, we're going into the action, we're not stopping, and when it's done, you're going to smoke a cigarette and be like, whoa, I want the next issue now. So they were two different kinds of books, and because of that, if you read Noble before reading Catalyst Prime, the event, that still worked for you. If you read Catalyst Prime, the event first or in conjunction with Noble, then you were like, oh, I see, I see. So I feel like no matter which perspective you were coming from, you were able to enjoy Noble, whether in and of itself or as a companion piece to Catalyst Prime, the event. And I'm happy now that Catalyst Prime, the event, is available through Comixology and is available at Comics Beat that you can read for free. So for people who weren't able to find the original copies um, at their comic book store, they can find it through Comixology or they can go to Google and type in Catalyst Prime the event Comics Beat and it should take them to the article at Comics Beat where they can find it. Yeah, yeah, because that's, I just I just downloaded Comixology. I saw it was up. I just hit da da. That's it. Everything. That's it. It was real simple. It was the a beauty good. of digital. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It looks it looks good. Especially looks good on an iPad Pro. <laughs> Which is what everyone's talking about right now. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a solid device. Um. So I want to get into something a little bit spoilery. Okay, let's go with it, man. So. I thought it was interesting when reading the book that the that it focused the main character to me was uh Lorena. Mm-hmm. Lorena Pion, yeah. Pion and um her her running this this company and trying to save the world and help the kids and all this and you know you get these the astronauts you get an understanding of them but it felt once you get to the end and, and you see the heel turn happen um to use that wrestling term for yeah. uh it was interesting that you in a way started your universe off not with what feels like the birth of a hero but the birth of a big bad or a supervillain like mm-hmm. an entirely different mm-hmm. 21st century luther like villain and i use mm-hmm. that as an archetype cuz mm-hmm. you know he's he is superman's bad guy it's kind of yeah, yeah. Easy to for people to understand, like you know, that's a that's that's a bad guy, bad guy. That's right, and, that's right. And um, I I thought it was interesting because it brought it brought in some some interesting ideas with Silicon Valley, uh, immigration, um, mm-hmm. issues between uh, Mexico and America, uh, the differences between you know with alluded to with her brother felt like we kind of got to go back fix our home and then you get into like some real queen of the south crime business <laughs> the way right. he, uh he gets taken now uh that was pretty interesting um was that something you guys grew to doing as the as, as the point of entry or was that something like yo dad said we're gonna start off with like this gangster latin woman who's who's like the smartest person that we see period in anything in this universe yeah it's the second one like that i feel i feel like lorena pion is an indicator to readers of how we are different from the competition because so there's a number of like criticisms and you and i have heard about them and you and i have spoken about them yeah one is 
women of color do not get to see themselves enough in comic books as formidable people. Yes. They're sidekicks, they're love interest, they're somebody who was given the name of a white character by the white character. But in terms of individuality and formidability, they tend to be lacking. And then what I've heard is women are tired of being categorized and shoehorned into these simple roles, the simple strong female protagonist role. Um, I was on a panel with Marjorie Liu, Magdalene Visaggio, and a Vietnamese graphic novel writer and illustrator named T. Bui recently at Book Expo America. And Marjorie said it best. She said that women are usually either the virgin or the whore. Yeah. And there are so many possibilities outside of that. So I felt like this woman, Lorena Payan, this complex person who is a humanitarian, who is someone who lost her father, her mother, and her brother, who is someone who is empowering Mexico, does this thing that makes you question everything you just learned. And the full revelation of what Lorena Pion did and why she did it is something that we're going to tell over time. It's one of the big stories of Catalyst Prime. And I feel like that immediately says we are not those other companies who pay lip service. We are not those other companies that will not engage social issues. And this fictional universe is closer to yours. In some ways that are scary, in some ways that are truly relevant. Um, and science impacts our lives in almost every way you can think of. So her running um, a corporation that deals with pushing the boundaries of science to help humanity or to help things other than humanity, that's a perfect vehicle by which to send people into this universe and have a big experience in this new world so nah man the goal with catalyst prime one of the many ones was to hit the ground running you know we can't come off soft core because people want value for their money and they want something different they don't want oh this is our version of batman oh this is our version of captain america like anybody could do that yeah, that's true. That's you know, anybody anybody could do that. How about if you maybe take some things that are a little familiar and like flip it on its ass? Because I think a lot of people went into Catalyst Prime the event thinking they were going to get the Fantastic Four, and they ended up getting Watchmen. Yeah, right. It felt, it felt, it felt Watchmen-ish, I guess, in terms of the way the story opened itself up. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna lie. I felt um, it felt a little bit like a, a, a Soderbergh film to me. It felt a little bit like Traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in the way that it has the different vignettes with different characters. Yeah, and the color changes. So like it, for me, like that's what I was picking up more, even more so than than Watchmen. And I think that's probably a a, a good thing to say because I think comic people love. First of all, they I'm gonna be honest. They dick ride it a little bit too much. But, um, <laughs> that would be fair. To say. But um, also people, you know, people know it. But yep, yep. It's like so. It's like saying that. But like no, for me, literally, I was when I was getting through it. Like it has like even the first is just all science fiction. This doesn't even get into real superheroics because it's like the origin. But I was yep. like, I felt felt a little Soderbergh-y. and I, I, you know, I love so Soderbergh is one of my favorite directors in terms of the way he tells a story. And I was like the angles that was being um, shown in terms of how the, the comic was drawn. 
Yeah, uh, I yeah. Like some of the textures and, and the choices, especially when you would do the flashbacks for um, each of the astronauts. I like that artistic change and the color palette change because it lets you know um, that this is not right now. We're going back. We're thinking back. We, we learned something about the character. It was really, it was paced well. And the storytelling was done um, pretty excellently. I, I, I can't, I can't, you can't knock a priest comic because he, he don't make, he don't write bad comics. So no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's and like it's like LeBron losing the championship. Well, oh, he still got a triple double. So yeah, come on, it's <laughs> it's still it still is that guy. You know what I mean? And it's funny. You know, first of all, I appreciate what you're saying and that you were able to see these things that were intentionally done to kind of communicate things like time lapse and things like that. And it's funny because when I actually sent um, Jessica Colleen some reference because one thing that I like to do is if I'm dealing with different artists, I could write in an email what I'm thinking, but I think if I find some pictures to send you that you'll be like, oh, okay. And funny enough, two images that I sent her, one of them was from Traffic and another one was from the Michael Mann Miami Vice film. Mm, beautiful film that gets it's underrated and it doesn't get enough credit. But. Absolutely, absolutely. So that kind of cinematography, you know, the use of color and filters was something that was intentionally brought to the overture opening in which you kind of got a tease of some of the different characters, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of cool to be able to bring those things visually to comics in a way that helps intuitively communicate a story. Yeah, well, I think right now you're successful. Um, I have a, uh, some thoughts about Noble reading it. Um, it's a good comic. It Thank feels you. very much like um, a sci-fi comic where it has a person with powers, but I don't know if he was going for like the syndicated hour-long uh man traveling america or the world type of story but that's what i felt like that 1986 to like 1993 uh renegade lorenzo lamas riding a motorcycle you taking me back renegade bro uh, uh like heart the heart like it felt like something i would watch like mcquade like i was like oh like yeah he's getting to see these fights he got these powers, but it's interesting that you're starting off this this story with this guy who can't really remember, and he got these abilities. But I'm like, yo, I could watch this like on syndicated television back when I was like eight. Like I could just sit back, you're like, okay, he's gonna get into a little adventure. He's gonna get out of it. He want people to leave him alone. The town rallies around him. Yeah, Noble is kind of an episodic comic book in that way, and when you pick up the next issue and then you read the next issue you're like oh oh they're building something here right and so you know Brandon Thomas who's the writer and I you know had discussions about okay how is this book going to be different from a number of books in which you see um, a a black male lead and one of them was sending this character all over the world because black men in entertainment don't get to be global heroes that's true that's true they really don't they get to be neighborhood heroes but they really don't get to be global heroes and so it was important for us that noble go all over the world and to be able to use the amnesia and have him have different identities and have him pop up in a different place every issue while telling a long story which is about the reunion of a black married couple open possibilities that we're totally exploring and you know the art team of Roger Robinson and um, colorist Juan Fernandez and the letterer Saida Temofante they just really work together so well to make Noble a competitive comic book along with Brandon's writing. I'm really proud of that being 
the first title in the line and people know what they're going to get and then they read Noble Number 2 and we up the ante. So we've set these expectations for quality and for story intensity that we will fulfill and Noble Number 3 is actually going to set something else in motion which is going to flip back to Catalyst Prime the event. So it's going to be interesting for people who see certain connections in our universe. I think they're going to get a really good experience out of it. She see money all around me. I look like I'm the man. Yeah, but I was down up like last week. Tell me where have you been? With a sick ass mouth and a slick ass flow. Got your bitch around me, nigga, and I'm playing when I'm coming for the kitty. I'm a full goddamn. Do it for my niggas in the ghost right there. Do it for my niggas in the ghost right now. Niggas got killed for the boy, living dreams in the hills, and they watching for the boy right now. Goddamn, what a time, what a year. We are what them young boys feel. I kill, never be killed. That's real, no lie. You can tell it from my peers right now. Um, How are you planning to um do collections of these books? Are you planning to do like every six issues or maybe every. 12 or because um, you know there are people that instead of people now they, 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 they like to binge and I'm a I'm an issue person because that's how much I have time for in a, in a week yeah but yeah it's because it, right now I like the fact that it's pretty it feels like older comics in mm-hmm. terms of fact like yo I read issue one yeah I got a story I read issue two I got a story there's threads, like, you know, I know when I'll read issue three, there's going to be a connection to what I just read, but also like the fact it's like, oh, I read a nice chunk of story, and I'm, I feel satisfied, so, but I'm guessing for some people, they might want to know, like, oh, man, when is this, when is this going to pop off so I can read, like, a big chunk? Right, yeah, so, right, there are the trade waiters, um, and that speaks to more the trade book market whether it's the bookstores um, or the comic book stores and their vast bookshelves of collections. And Lion Forge as a publisher is committed to serving the trade market where there is growth in addition to the direct market. And so for the first storylines, we're going to have four issue trades. So the first trades will have the first story arc, which will be four issues, and then all trades after that will be five issue stories. And so for people, you know, going into the fall, by the end of the year, we're going to have three trade paperbacks out of the first storylines of three different titles. So for the trade waiters, you know, before the end of the year, they will be getting their good doses of Catalyst Prime. For the Wednesday Warriors, who are going into their comic book stores, looking for something that's going to give them their money's worth, we're going to be there. We're launching a new series almost every month, because we're launching a new series. We dropped Noble in May. Excel premiered this month. Next month it will be Superb. And then August will be Incidentals. And then September, we kind of give people a breather. And then October, November, and December will be Astonisher, Keynote, and Summit. And what I feel really good about from a company perspective is that we give you 24 pages of story for $3.99. If you're dealing with other companies, you're getting 20 pages or 21 pages for the same amount but we're giving you 24 pages of story, no ads interrupting the flow of the story for $3.99. So we're giving you more value for your dollar because, look, I'm a Wednesday warrior myself. I go to my local comic book store 
every Wednesday. So I take it seriously that people are spending their hard-earned money. So you want to give them their value. So we have good paper stock, good printing, good art, 24 pages every month. No ad interruptions, you know? All right, all right. Um, I don't want to glaze over Axel, but I do want kind of want to get into um, superb incidentals. Like, um, what's what's the like the the pitch for these two? Like, what are these two about? I've seen ads, I've seen you know posts about them, but what's 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 popping with superb and what's popping with incidentals? Well, superb is our team duo book, so we have. A young black woman named Kayla Tate. We have her friend Jonah Watkins, who's a young man with Down syndrome, and both of them have superpowers. Or at least we see Jonah's superpowers, and it turns out that he has a connection to a mysterious vigilante named Cosmosis. And basically, they are in a town in Ohio called Youngstown, and Youngstown was heavily hit by the meteor shower, so there was a lot of death there, and due to events of superpowers erupting in that town, that town is under an extraordinary level of observation by Foresight Industries, so when young people go to school, they have to go through these detectors to see who has powers and who does not. And that's as much as I want to tell you, okay. but that basically really kicks something off. And Superb is co-written by David Walker, who's writing Luke Cage. He's known for his work on Shaft. He's also writing Occupy Avengers. He wrote Cyborg for DC Comics. And it's co-written by Sheena C. Howard, Dr. Sheena Howard, who is the Eisner Award winner for... Her book, um, Black Comics, Politics, and Race and Representation. And she's also about to drop the Encyclopedia of Black Comics. So those two are writing it along with artist Ray Anthony Height, who's been doing some really good work on X-Men Blue. And he's known for his creator-owned series, Midnight Tiger. And LeBeau Underwood, who's done a lot of work for Marvel in DC, um, he inked Phil Jimenez over Angela Assassin. He's the inker and the colorist is Veronica Gandini, who is coloring Red Hood and the Outlaws as part of DC Rebirth. So along with Andrew World Design, who's handling the lettering, you know, Superb is a book that everyone at Lion Forge is very proud of. Um, we're working in conjunction with the National Down Syndrome Society, because of the character um, Jonah Watkins who has Down Syndrome and to be able to take a superhero comic and expand its impact beyond the comic book stores, um, beyond a fictional context is something that Lion Forge, the publisher, is committed to doing. And so Superb is going to be dropping on July 19th. And the book after that is called Incidentals. Incidentals is a teen book. It's written by Joe Casey. It was created by filmmaker and producer Ramon Govea. It is drawn by Larry Stroman, well known for Tribe from Image and X Factor, and did some amazing work on Black Panther 50, Marvel Comics. Um, it's inked by his you know, number one inker, inker extraordinaire Rob Stahl, colored by Snakebite Cortez, who is one of the most unique and talented colorists in this business, comes from the world of animation. Okay. And so, yep, yep, and Incidentals is about a billionaire named Vincent Chen, who is plagued by nightmares about an impending alien invasion. So he brings together a secret group, a superpowered people, who work underground to prepare themselves for what's heading this way. And everyone has secrets. So this is kind of like a, you know, it's kind of like a Netflix show in that way. We have all these different characters that crash into each other 
and every character has an angle, every character has an edge, and it's basically, what if real people got superpowers? Because if real people got superpowers, they wouldn't all touch their hands together and decide, hey, let's be the Fantastic Four. Yeah. That's not how it would work, right? If you give seven different people superpowers, and you make them work together, you're going to get some interesting results. And so Incidentals is going to show what happens when you do that. And that's going to be coming out in August. Okay, that's August. Both of those sounds pretty interesting. You know, I'm, um, I wanted to get those out because I know I plan to put this episode out in the midst of July. So I want people to be able to go hear about them and um, go check them out when they're on the stands. Cool, man. I appreciate that. Axel was a fun comic. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, we like Excel. Teaming up Joe Casey and Damian Scott to like make this different interpretation of a super speed character. Well, first of all, I mean, if you've read Joe Casey's work over the years, you know the man is crazy. Like, the way his mind works is really unconventional in relation to other writers. He's written things from Wildcats 2.0 and 3.0 to... Jack Kirby's Captain Victory, to Butcher Baker, the Righteous Maker, to Sex for Image. He is not interesting. He's not interested in doing things in a conventional way. So his thoughts on speed and superheroics have their own angle to them. And Damien, Damien I worked with from the Batgirl days. He is one of the most uniquely talented and gifted artists in comics. And he had an aesthetic vision for Excel, and he brought that to the page. You know, and we have Robert Campanella inking him. We have Sigmund Torre, who's an amazing colorist. And Damien brought him into the mix, and we saw what he could do, and we were like, hey, let's go. And so when you look at that book, you know that we're not half-stepping. Because these are the kind of things that I really can't stand. I can't stand when you have these superheroes in comics. And they can do these amazing things, but their comic books look pretty pedestrian. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, if you can run so fast that you could run up a building that... You're achieving a level of velocity that you could go through the bottom of an airplane. That should look freaking amazing. If it looks anything less than freaking amazing, it's a failure. So for Excel, it was very important to have the youthful energy that matches the character. Daniel Dos Santos, who's first generation Mexican-American. And to just communicate the... The tone of his life as a kid who likes to have fun. He's got his girlfriend. He plays video games. So the tone of his superheroic adventures matches his emotional state. Um, whereas Noble is very different. With Noble, it's more aggressive. It's dirtier. It's harsher. The, fr- the frenetic nature of Noble matches the frenetic nature of Noble's life as an amnesiac on the run from town to town. So art has to complement character. So when Excel came into play, I knew that Damien was the right person for it. And one thing that you have to do sometimes as an editor is you have to let go and let creators do their thing. And Excel is a representation of what you get when you do that. Like you gave them the trust that these professionals can get across this book without any hand-holding. It feels yeah, it, like a Joe Casey and, and Damon Scott comic. It feels they feel pretty perfectly matched together in, in a... In a they seem like they understand each other and what they want to and what they want to do. When I was reading it, it's like I, I, I've been reading his stuff, their stuff for years. So I'm like, okay, it feels like Joe was writing a story that 
Damien was supposed to draw. Yeah, you know, sometimes you bring two creators together, or you bring a number of creators together, right? Because it's also the inking, the lettering, the coloring. You bring it together a group of creators, and sometimes you get a whole that's greater than the sum of its parts, or sometimes you just get a result that is like, it's alchemy, right? Yeah. And I feel like Excel is that kind of fun comic. It's a fun comic, you know? Um, and I'm very happy with how it came out. And I can warn people right now, it's just going to get crazier from here. Like, wait till you get to issues two and three. It's just going it's, it's, it's to, it's just going to, it's just going to, it's going to blind you. I'm not even joking. Um, one thing that I just, that I've noticed was, um, the respect that even when talking to you tonight, you're talking about your, your letterer, you're talking about the colorists, the inkers, and I noticed that you put, like, the names on the cover. Um... Yeah, that's really important, right? Because without the colors and the letterers, we would have a bunch of black and white comics with no words yeah, or no yeah. sound effects, right? So, you know, one big debate that's been happening, and um, artist Declan Shalvey has really been pushing this, is the idea of artist credit. And... You know, comic books is one of the most collaborative storytelling mediums that we have. So it's a true injustice and marginalization when we talk about two people instead of talking about four or five. And so, you know, the philosophy with Catalyst Prime as a line um, with myself as a senior editor and with Lion Forge as a company is that we want to acknowledge creators and give them opportunities to flex their muscles. And I feel like what you're going to see is various creators who have done work for other companies, but there's something different about the stuff that they're doing for Catalyst Prime. And you can see it. And it's because the shackles were just taken off, you know? And um, lettering and coloring is so important to this art. So it's something that I do try to acknowledge on a regular basis. And I'm in communication with the colorists and the letterers. I'm in communication with all the creators whenever they send stuff. And I just constantly let them know, hey, I love this, I love this. And if there's something we got to talk about, you know, let's talk about it. Like, okay, tell me what you're thinking. Okay, this is what I'm thinking. And we'll have those debates and discussions. Um, and sometimes I'll totally see where they're coming from. And I'll be like, okay, let's do it your way. You know, sometimes you'll have to convince me. Sometimes you'll lose. But the discussions behind the scenes are what result in the good stuff that you see in print. Okay. So that brings me, I guess, around to um, my wrap-up question. Okay. Fire away. Do you feel, like right now, that you've made a good opening mark on the, on the comic book space? Because, like, everything was kind of announced last year. You're basically kind of like a year into in your into the debut. Do you feel good about your um, opening salvo, your impact, people reaction to it, and um, how is that? How are you pushing forward for year two? Well, yes, I am proud of the collective accomplishment that is Catalyst Prime. That is a result of the creators, the staff at Lion Forge, sales, marketing, social media, design, um, 
upper management who brought me in to help bring this universe to life. So I'm proud of this opening salvo. I feel that Catalyst Prime will establish a corner in this industry, in this superhero genre. And going forward, the thing is to take these characters to the next level and present them with adversities that are going to challenge their value systems. Because the hardest thing to do is to be a hero. You know, um, it was, I feel like it's probably been a month now since the violent stabbing event that happened in Portland, Oregon, where two people on a bus tried to verbally defend a Muslim woman who was getting verbally attacked by somebody, and that verbal attacker, like, stabbed them and killed them. Right? Yeah, and no, so sure. presented... Yeah. Presented with something like that and presented with the realities of our world, the fact of the matter is the hardest thing in the world to do is be a hero. And so we're going to show that it's not easy to decide on that path. But when you do it, and when people from different backgrounds do it, the reasons that they do it and who they are as characters is genuine. It has an integrity to it. It says something. And people will see themselves or people they know in these characters, I hope. Because ultimately, the core of any story is character. You know, if you fall in love with the character, you'll go with the story and you'll go with the trappings. So, we're going to put these characters to their paces. We're going to elevate the drama on a book-by-book -book basis and on a line-wide basis. And we want people to, you know, pick their favorite books and stick with them month by month. And for the reader that decides they're going to engage all seven titles, they're going to get a certain kind of reward. So, you know, I look at the Catalyst Prime line, and to me, it's probably about the same amount of books as the X-Men line of books. So I don't consider it that much of a commitment if someone decided they wanted to take it on. Um, but really going forward, it's about the best stories and characters that ring true to you and characters that show that you are included that you are seen that's basically it that's what we're gonna do all right man well all i can say is good luck uh from what i've read the first four or so comics you put out i think you're on a good start um, I wish you good luck because I know San Diego was about a month away. Yep, yep. And I, uh, I know full well how that week is like. So, more power to you. Hope you take your vitamins. <laughs> you uh, better, you better believe it. Every day, vitamin C before I walk into that convention center, my brother. Every day. Um, I guess uh, whatever, what other conventions you guys are going to be at? I, of course, San Diego. Are you going to be? At New York, are you going to be um, maybe Baltimore or where the I don't I don't know of any other big we're definitely events. yeah we're definitely going to do New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. We will have a bit of a presence at Baltimore Comic Con. I haven't been to Baltimore in some years, so I would very much like to go back this year. This being the launch year for Catalyst Prime, and talk to fans about it and. You know, one thing that I like to do is talk with um, fans about it on social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, showing them things through Instagram. I like having these discussions. So I think it's important to not just sit behind the desk, but to get out there and interact with fans and, you know, make sure that they understand that we're looking to give them something good and something that's worth their money and time. Okay. 
front. Well, I know, I know you got a, you got some more business to do. So, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks for blocking out the time. Uh, hopefully, I thanks for having soon. me, man. No problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta, we gotta catch up in the real world and and see what's going on. And I'll hear more of your opinions of these books going forward. Yeah, yeah, man. I'll I'll let you know what I think. So. You have a you have a good good evening. And All right. I'll talk to you soon. Peace, man. All right. Take care, Julian. Thanks. When I pull up, they notice me. Come and talk to me like Jodice. But don't you be too close to me. Them goons you see, let it go for me. I bring them things. I bring them things. I call the plug. Bring them things. Mucho bitches. I bring them things. Looking so expensive. Rings and things. I bring them things. I bring them things. I bring them things. Man, you don't wanna fuck with them, bro. Ignorant Bliss is on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Mixcloud. It's also a part of the Taylor Network of Podcasts. It is also part of Critical, the movie review network on Blog Talk Radio. Um, you can follow on Twitter. IGBL Podcast You can follow me At Julian Lytle L-Y-T-L-E On all the major social networks Um, Ignorant Bliss is on Facebook So follow, like, and the such Ignorant Bliss Podcast Uh, Please review The show on everything you can and share it and the email for the show is ignorantpodcast at gmail.com always check for the show notes for links to the people that's on the show along with uh, any other little factoids and links to how to listen to the show and my playlist for the show also the website for the show is ignorant-bliss.com and peace.